All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 3rd, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get $10 off your first order. Today's episode is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. I'm your host, Detroit Sports Writer Noel Bianchi, here today and every day alongside longtime Red Wings fan and Bilt Bar and rockauto.com advocate, <laughs> Ethan Smith. You're just, Couldn't be title's, longer. That title's getting longer. I, know. I love it. I and know. Mima Re- no, no love for Mima Remedies. What's up with that? I, don't, I hate to call you out, but. I'm throwing it in there. I don't care. It sounds good. <laughs> Do it again. Uh, I am your host, Detroit Sports Editor Noel Bianchi, here today and every day alongside longtime Red Wings fan, Bill Bar advocate, rockauto.com advocate, and memoremedies.com advocate, Ethan Smith. I love it. Sounds good. Uh, and today we also have Tony Wolick joining us for the second day in a row to continue on uh, discussing his mock draft that he did for the hockeywriters.com. He is a senior writer for the website, uh, recently completed a seven round mock. So we've been going through that. Mostly just talking about what his strategy was as the draft went on, what he thinks Eisenman will be looking for in the middle to late rounds, and much, much more. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. we got some fun stuff planned around the corner, which I'm excited to share with you guys. Uh, should we get into it? Should we tell them? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're going to be doing – I don't know if it's necessarily going to uh, – start on Thursday or, or what the situation is going to look like as of yet, but we're, we're beginning a series called uh, the one thing I'll never forget. And what it'll be is we're going to get lots of clips from media players, fans, whoever uh, on each of the nights that the Red Wings won their four Stanley cups and uh, clip them together, play them on the dates of their respective anniversaries and kind of just in a very oral history type manner, uh, kind of just listen through to all the people who were involved with the Red Wings championships that night, tell their side of the story and the one thing that they will never forget, which is something that I'm very excited for. So be sure to subscribe, be ready for that. Uh, anything, anything else, any other housekeeping or should we kick it to Tony Wallach? Let's get it going. So the Red Wings in round three uh, have two selections, number 63 overall and number 65 overall, that one from San Jose. Uh, we'll get to those players in a second, but I'm curious to know in your mind, uh, obviously outside of just the, the standpoint of being able to collect more assets, um, what is the biggest benefit of having five picks in that second and third round, whether it be being able to have draft capital you know to to maybe make some moves or trade up like uh you know ethan alluded to earlier or it it mean you know being able to take a gamble on certain players or or just what to you is the biggest benefit from that aspect so i think it it allows you to select a wide variety of players um you know you you can like you can take a shooter and jacob perot you can take a distributor and vasily panamariov you can take a smaller slippery player like casper simon tavall that way you're not pigeonholing yourself into one style of play. You have a, like just a, a wide variety to, you know, plug into different lineup spots, however you want down the road. Uh, and they're all in the same age group as well. So you could have a younger team, you know, a few years from now of highly skilled players. Um, and another thing to consider is that, you know, even though these players are drafted in the second and third rounds, you'd have to imagine that some teams will have them pretty high up on their draft boards. Some teams will have them pretty low. It, it really varies across the board. So mm-hmm. 
you know, you can like when we see, um, excuse me, when you see draft rankings come out from, you know, Corey Promen, Scott Wheeler, Larry Fisher from the hockey writers, the way the NHL draft is going to go won't be according to, you know, one through whatever from their rankings. Teams are going to value skill sets and character in different ways, which will allow players to slip or climb in the draft accordingly. So, um, you know, with these five picks, the Red Wings could get five players that are, you know, really high up on their draft board. Um, But having five picks, you know, allows them some sort of wiggle room there as well. So going back to our goalie talk, I'm a, I'm a goalie. I'm, I am too. So I love it. <laughs> oh no, really? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Um, we're gonna have to talk about that more later. No problem. Um, <laughs> um, so you didn't have a goalie selected until round six yep. of your draft. I was because I mean, obviously, I'm not as fine tuned with the later stages of the draft as you are. I was wondering, is there is that because of the lack of talent or uh, players available at that position, or is were you just seeing other players throughout the draft that we that you felt that we need more than Jan Bednar? So when you know when I was doing my mock draft, um, he fell to uh, you know the sixth round, number one fifty six. I don't I don't think that's going to happen in the actual draft, but it's you know it's not it wasn't an opportunity I wanted to pass up. Um, you know, in the, the hockey writers mock draft that we did, um, it was another seven round mock. Um, I took Callie Klang from Sweden in the fourth round with, uh, the pick the Red Wings got from Edmonton from Mike Green. So I wouldn't say it's a reflection of the talent pool. I would just say it's a reflection of how the draft played out. Um, you know, if you look back to last year, uh, Carter Guylander got selected very, very late. Um, and I, I, I forgot off the, off the top of my head, which Red Wings, uh, you know, uh, front office staff said this, but, you know, they couldn't believe that, that, that they got him so late in the draft. Like he was high up on their board for goalies and he was there waiting for him. So, um, and more just reflects, you know, how the, how the draft plays that more than anything. What's your philosophy regarding how often you should be taking goalies, where you should be taking goalies, especially when you have a pipeline, like you've mentioned, uh, that's so depleted in Detroit. So, yeah, I, I believe that the, you know, teams, especially the Red Wings should be drafting a goalie every year, if not every other year. Um, they, like I said, they don't have a goalie who is a surefire NHLer. Um, that said, if they get one or two or three down the road who are all pushing for NHL jobs, that's great. Like, if you look back at some of the young, talented goalies who've been traded in the past, um, they've had, you know, the teams who traded them got excellent returns. Look at uh, Freddie Anderson when the Ducks moved him to the Leafs. Uh, I believe they got a first and a second for him, which is you know, incredible. And, of course, they still had John Gibson waiting to be their starter. That's a nice luxury to have. Um, and then you look at the uh, the LA Kings trading Martin Jones. Um, it was sort of a, a three-way trade, if you want to call it that, where they moved him to Boston, then Boston moved him to San Jose. The Kings got, if I'm not mistaken, a first, a prospect, and Milan Lucic when he still had a little gas in the tank. So, again, <laughs> that's pretty good. And, yeah. Uh, you know, there are other examples of teams trading their, their backup goalie who's on the rise or a, a goalie prospect who's on the rise and getting a solid return. It's just asset management. 
So if the Red Wings can, you know, build some depth in, in the crease, then, you know, some of those goalies may not start for them, but they'll bring in players who, who will be key contributors. Luxury to have, definitely. Ethan, you know what a lot of these draft prospects could probably use as they're getting ready to, to get in shape for their, you know, big day at the NHL draft? Bill Barr. Ed, that's correct. How did you know I was going to say that? Yes! I just had a feeling. Well, uh, you are a Bill Bar advocate, so that would make a lot of sense. That it's the first thing that comes to your mind. I mean, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And I tell you what, if I were a draft prospect preparing for this year's NHL draft, I don't think I could do it without a Bill Bar. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. That's the perfect makeup of a protein bar. You got the mint brownie here, 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories with four grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. You're telling me if you're going in for that uh, freaking combine thingy blaster where you, they put the face mask on you and you ride the bike and it's in the yeah, this, yeah too. CO2 max. I would have a built bar before I started one of those things. And I probably set a new combine record. These bars covered in 100% chocolate. I think as soon as you scarf one of those bad boys down, you'll be feeling like you could get drafted number one overall, in my opinion. I know that's when I eat a built bar, I feel like I could go number one overall. Just use the promo code locked on when you go to builtbar.com and start using and start building your first box and you'll get $10 off of your first order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Did you get that? Oh, I got it. Promo Good. code locked on at builtbar.com. Nolan, I have bad news. What's that, dude? Those window deflectors on my car broke. I got to take them off. Not happy about it. Oh, no. You got to get new ones? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try and get my money back for the other ones, but I don't know. Well, the good news is you're going to save a lot of money when you do yourself a favor. Go to rockauto.com and pick up some new window deflectors that you can install yourself. Now, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest price possible rather than changing price based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is a family business serving only parts custom, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Now here's the deal. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. This is a feature that has been incredibly, incredibly beneficial to me. Somebody who doesn't know a lot about cars, but has been able to remedy some of the issues that he's had over the years through the care of rockauto.com. When you go to their website and see all the parts available for your car or truck, write locked on in their How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. They got amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so what was the most important asset as the draft went on to get into those later rounds uh you know for the red wings to kind of grab onto the i think the later rounds are interesting because it's something that you know somebody who doesn't necessarily follow it that closely or you know just the casual fan will look at and you can say well these these names all mean nothing to me and it's it gets muddier and muddier as this goes on but I guess what did you see in the later rounds what was kind of your thought process there and and what were you really looking for so in the later rounds I, I looked for players who I think as I mentioned before they have one or two skills that are you know really great um and their overall game needs you know rounding out to make them into a you know, a better hockey player. Um, so looking at, you know, 
for me, for my, both the, um, the hockey writers mock draft and then for my personal mock draft for the Red Wings, um, I grabbed Oliver Tarnstrom in the seventh round. Um, he could be going higher. I've seen some people rank him, uh, you know, in the 150s, 130s. I have found, got him at 187 both times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, center with some nice size. He can distribute the puck well. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done for his game. And he's probably a long shot to make the NHL. But, there, you know, there's a couple of skill sets in there that, you know, it's a nice depth add. And at the very least, the Red Wings have someone that they can add to their system and, you know, see what happens over the next couple of years. Um, another player uh, who I was looking at was uh, Maxim Berezkin. Uh, he is he seems to be climbing on some charts, but, uh, you know, he played in, uh, you know, in the, the Russian, uh, you know, U-20 league. Um, and, you know, he has the offensive skill set for sure, but um, may not be the most polished player uh, in you know, other spots on the ice. So uh, if you can find players who can score and players who, you know, have good vision or a strong, you know, strong ho- hockey IQ, there are other skill sets that can be taught. So I'm um, just looking for players with, uh, you know, some interesting you know, skills and going from there. Let's shift gears a little bit because, you know, I think a, a lot of the, the draft is, is speculation and you have painted an excellent picture of what you think that the Red Wings are going to go after. And we uh, certainly appreciate that. But when it comes to prospects who are already in the pipeline, who have been, you know, maybe, I don't know, a couple of guys that who in the last year since they've been drafted or in the last couple of years that have really, to you, making huge strides and you expect to see be an integral part uh, of the Red Wings organization going forward? So one player in particular, um, Jared McIsaac, he, you know, spent the first part of his past season hurt. Um, He injured his shoulder. But, you know, prior to that, he had a stellar uh, draft plus one year. And then he finished out um, the 2019-2020 campaign strong after he got traded um, in the queue. Um, He's turning pro. Uh, You know, we'll see what happens with, you know, with the whole 2020-21 season. Maybe the Red Wings loan him out to a team in Sweden for a little bit. Um, But I think he could be a a good two-way defenseman, probably second pairing for the Red Wings down the road. tough as nails to play against, but also can contribute on offense as well. So um, I've, I was initially a little suspect of that, of that decision to draft him, but from what I've seen over the past couple of seasons, you know, I've been pretty happy. The Red Wings aren't going to play obviously for a very long time. This is a bummer for the fans, but even more so for, for a team who's rebuilding and looking to evaluate and all that other stuff. What is the biggest you know, negative impact that's going to come out of all this that maybe is uh, particular, maybe not particular to the Red Wings, but exaggerated more within the Red Wings organization because they are trying to go through this process of assess you know, and, and take action? You know, it probably would have been nice to see Moritz Sider and uh, Michael Rasmussen up in the NHL for a few games this season. You know, you have to think with Rasmussen, he played last year. Um, you know, it is probably a little too soon for him, but, you know, with most of an AHL season under his belt, 
it would have been nice to see how he, you know, showed in the NHL playing in center as well, since he played wing mostly the year prior. And then for Sider, you know, he, you know, looked great against AHLers and his first year um, in North America. And, and just getting a feel for the NHL speed, for the talent, it would have been nice because, like, again, that Sider is a rink rat. He wants to play hockey. He wants to get better. And just giving him a taste of what the NHL is like, it would have been great for his offseason. Mm-hmm. But um, with like Steve Eiserman said in his end-of-year press conference, those who want to get better at hockey are going to find a way to train and get better. And it's going to show him, it's going to show the rest of the organization, um, you know, who's ready to play when the season does uh, kick off, you know, a few months from now. I got to tell you what, Ethan, I've been back to work over the last two days, standing on my feet, bending over, doing this and that, and my back was killing me. But I just came home before this podcast. I fired up some of the CBD flour that was sent to me by Mima Remedies. Now, they're a CBD company providing full-spectrum CBD hemp oil and flour owned by Michigan State alums and Southwest Michigan residents. The CO2-extracted full-spectrum CBD from hemp is organically grown in Oregon, where Mima founder Brandon Demler got his start working in the industry with other Michigan State alums. To celebrate Mima's first season growing their own hemp in Michigan, we are giving Lockdown listeners 25% off at MimaRemedies.com. Full spectrum extract retains terpenes and flavor of hemp flour with no additives or flavoring. All products are third-party lab tested and always below 0.3% THC. If you're looking for a high-quality CBD products from a brand you can trust, Mima is a match made in Michigan. Once again, that's MimaRemedies.com, M-I-M-A, Remedies.com. Enter the promo code LOCKDOWN and get 25% off your order. It's as simple as that, 25% LOCKDOWN, promo code MemoRemedies.com. Wow, look at you. I know. In terms of, I guess, uh, playing time and getting looks at guys, you know, deciding where uh, certain prospects should go, whether it be the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL, do you see uh, the potential for a shortened season to kind of have an impact on that? Maybe oh, we're not going to get to see this guy next year because there's only 48 games in the season or, or something along those lines? Yeah, it would have to depend on how the the season plays out because, you know, Gary Bettman has said before that he wants to get a full season in next year. We'll see what happens when, when like, if it starts, if the season starts in March, then there's probably no way to do that. Mm. Um, but if they are able to get in an 82-game season, like, with a compressed schedule, I can actually see a benefit of, you know, if the Red Wings are playing every other night, they're going to have to call up players here and there throughout the season just to give others rest. So that mm-hmm. means you'll probably see Cider a little sooner. You may see Joe Valeno come up for a couple games here and there. Um, uh, Gustav Lindstrom, if he doesn't make the team right away, uh, it would be nice if the NHL could expand their rosters by a player just to you know keep those players at the NHL level making NHL salaries and practicing with the team. But you know, I think it does give them some opportunity to get, you know, at least a cameo at the NHL level next season. Cool. Well, thanks, Tony. We, uh, we definitely appreciate you giving uh, all that insight on the draft, the off season. Uh, but before you, you go, you wanted to say something? Yeah. And just, you know, sharing a few, a few words on what's you know going on right now. And, you know, I think right now it's our responsibility to support the black community and create change. Like while I'm not in their shoes, 
we definitely have the duty to stand up for our brothers and sisters who are hurting. It, we have to. Silence and inaction only, you know, allows more injustices to occur. You know, plain and simple, we need to eliminate systemic racism in our country today. It's 2020. Like, it's, it's gone on far too long. And um, if you feel compelled to step up, uh, I'd encourage you to read Barack Obama's article that he shared on Medium this week. Uh, you can check out his Twitter for the link. Um, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I, you know, didn't share just a few comments on how we can, you know, make not only our country, but the world a little better for everyone. No, absolutely. And that's well said. Uh, you know, I think it's especially important in, in a sport like hockey to make an effort to be on the forefront of that message where people of color are especially marginalized. And you've seen within the last year, a lot of skeletons have come out of hockey's closet, just the entire community, the, the culture, whether it be coaches, execs, players, you name it. Uh, and the fact of the matter is changing a national culture begins with changing the subcultures and hockey right now appears to be a subculture that needs changing. Uh, and I, and I think it's especially important for, you know, these, these conversations to continue to happen and keep being brought up. It was a reminder that it's the day to day changing your perception of what's happening to people around you, believing them. None of us know what it's like to, uh, experience that type of fear, just, uncomfortability in situations where you, you don't expect to. Uh, so whether it be, you know, out in a downtown street or within a hockey locker room, it, it's making an effort to call it out when you see it. Yeah. And just listen to your teammates, listen to people who have a different perspective on the world and life than you, and you, you'll learn a lot. Beautifully put guys. Well, uh, Tony, it has been uh, an absolute pleasure having you on the show. The senior writer. Senior. At thehockeywriters.com. We've enjoyed getting to pick your brain. You are on Twitter at Tony Wolick. You can read his writing at thehockeywriters.com. Just search his name or click on the Red Wings team tab. Uh, all of his stuff will be pretty easy to find. And this Wednesday, actually, he has a piece coming out uh, on the top 20 goal scorers in Red Wings history. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I know we will. I'm looking forward to reading it. And, Tony, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, boys. This has been great.